This is Master Sacred, warning you to be mindful of your podcast. Your ears can deceive you, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is DM Tim and DM Jackson of Radio Free Homlet, and we never listen to the Order 66 podcast. And now, Stormtrooper Poetry. I met my love in a cantina, finest woman I'd ever seen her. We were on leave from active duty. When she danced, she shook her booty. Her number I had failed to get, and much to my great regret. We all look the same once we've got the armor on, and T.K. Bubba really didn't appreciate my advances in the mess hallway to that day. Stormtrooper Poetry D20 Radio, your gamers roll. Execute Order 66. Greetings, Gamer Nation. Welcome back to the Order 66 podcast. Hope everyone had a fantastic and it will have a prosperous 2009. This is January 4th, 2009. This is Order 66, episode number 49. I am your host, GM Dave. With me as always, Mr. GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? It is I, GM Chris. And I've arrived here with my good friend GM Dave to sing the praises of Star Wars Saga Edition to the heavens, where it will fly with the swallows, both European and African. Ah, the yes. France. What yes. is your favorite color? <laughs> Green, no blue, blue! Uh, yes. Indeed. I've not seen that in a while. Last time I watched that was with you. Yeah, we were sitting in the cigar shop, and it happened to be on, and it was, uh, it was, you know, it's a good way to pass uh, forty-five minutes or so watching the rest of that. Run Absolutely. away! Run away! Oh well, thank you, Gamer Nation, for listening in and tuning in. Thanks to those of you who are in the chat room. Heck, we got like like twenty-five people in the chat room. Really? There's like a lot of people in there right now. Wow, that's fantastic, phantasmagoric. And for those of you who just may have walked into this cast for the first time, this is the Order 66 podcast, the only fan-run and generated podcast devoted entirely to the power and passion that is Star Wars Saga Edition. Indeed. I second the notion. I third it. And I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm just happy and comfy again, man. I got. Do you, do you have some Dave juice in a cup over there? I've got some Dave juice in a cup, and I got started early, so. Oh, great. That's that's fun. Well, I've got a cold blue moon in this hand and a uh, a pipe in the other with a good English tobacco. And uh, oh, once again, life is good. Well, then I guess we can get started. Yes. You know Wah. what? Do you know what happened over the last week or so? Do you have any idea? A lot of stuff did. But, but, My goodness, uh, we've had an explosion of activity here on the D Twenty Radio. We have, dude. We have had. I mean, well, what what else happened? I mean, I know, I know, like uh, episode three is up of Game On, right? 
Game On got episode three up. Brian and Andy uh, talking about card games, not just your collectible card games either. Yeah, they talk about... Well, they actually don't. They talk about straight-up standalone card games, which is yep. just brilliant. Yes, um, absolutely, man. Meanwhile, had yep. another double header, so they've got their real episode number two and fake episode number two going at the same time. Mostly, Joe, do you sleep? Good God. I'm not entirely sure when he has time, but, you know, oh. I don't know, dude. But, hey, it's all good, man. And, and... It's alive! <laughs> I love it. It's Absolutely. alive. I, Ladies I, I'm and assuming, gentlemen. I'm assuming Radio Free Homelet is walking the earth again. They are. Episode Adventure number 11, all about the cleric, ah. is up. And to pay homage, I put their bumper up front of the show. Very, very nice. Welcome back, DM Tim and the crew. We had feared the pod fade. But the, alas, there is no pod fade. Nah, that the dreaded pod fade. Dreaded pod fade. Wah. Alas, Wah. it's not true. It is not. Rumors of their demise too. have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, as always, video is going. Thank you to the chat room. All 27 of you now in the chat room as they're filtering in. We're starting a little bit earlier than usual. Which is a good thing. That's it right. means that people across the pond like don't have to be up until you know the break of dawn. The break of dawn. People That's from right. across the pond don't have to be up till the break of dawn. Uh, uh. All right. Yeah. Speaking of that, expedition's gonna call any minute now, man. Yeah, exactly. What are you gonna do? But aside from that, I put a new uh, I put a new deal up on the uh, downloads on the. D20 downloads for everyone to take a look at. A, a really nifty little Star Wars Saga Edition character generator. It's a Excel spreadsheet that is, what would you call it, more of a macro-driven kind of a workbook. And it came to me in Office 2007. I had to down-convert it to Office like 98, you know, so that regular people could, could use it. So hopefully the macro still works. So y'all check it out and drop me a line. And if you don't I like it, I'll send you the 07 one. I sincerely hope so. And no, it's not Ken Ads, Vader's son. He's asking if it's Ken Brokies. It's it's not Ken Ads. It's another one that was uh, created by one of our listeners. And it's much more of a character sheet than a generator. And it's yeah. very, very, very useful. And we also, we've got like uh, at least one adventure that's still in the process of being converted to PDF, correct? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's still a couple in there that I haven't really had time to deal with. But Yeah. So please continue to send us the stuff you've got. We're going to get it up there. It's fantastic. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So, how have you? How are you? How are you going on your contest there, dude? We got a lot of builds. It's up to like three pages on the thing. So, for those of you who uh, have not been paying attention, and hearted uh, <coughs> you, I'm talking to you. Um, we got a new contest that's up right now. Uh, I am looking for NPCs. I need NPCs for my flagship campaign, and I'm giving uh, the Gamer Nation the opportunity to flex your creative muscles and to uh, flesh out some NPCs with some good backstories. Levels 10 through 20, anything you want, uh, any class you want, any configuration you want, anything really. Um, we want them up there. And the winner of the best NPC contest will not only have a prominent place for their NPC in my uh, flagship campaign in the coming months, but will also receive, courtesy of moi, a D20 Radio t-shirt of your preferred size and logo status, whether it be or the 66 podcast, or Radio Free Homlet. Yes, indeedy. So, 
Wahoo. But we got till the end of January, guys, so I want those builds up there. We've had some amazing stuff posted so far, so uh, get it up there. Let me see. You can enter as often as you want, and you're welcome to edit your posts. However, the thread will be locked at the end of day, at the end of January. At the end of day, end of month. End of day, end of month. So, wahoo. Very good. Very, very good to me. Okay, so did you get a postcard? You know, mail's slow. Uh, mail is slow, but I, I, I did manage to get a postcard. I walked down to my post office box today. Um, and, and this is a, it's a really hardy-looking postcard, Dave. Uh, it's, it's slightly cold to the touch. It has a picture of a small white world on it that looks as though it's covered in glaciers and freezing oceans. White and the wording on it uh, reads, Welcome to Ojum, traveler. Feel free to do some business and ask any questions you might have. We're happy to help. From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody. Dear GM Dive and GM Chris, hello boys. Our mission to secure Malium from the Serean people seems to have failed. But before Lord Vader could begin the aggressive negotiations, we were recalled to the Almighty Emperor's home on Bis. I was initially puzzled, though, as Lord Vader insisted we make another stop along the way. It certainly wasn't part of our original orders. But it's not too far out of the way. We're still here in the Deep Core. We've come to the freezing oceanic planet of Ojum, which is covered with icy seas and massive glaciers. It's an unremarkable world. Its presence is still far too close to the Emperor's throne world, if you ask me. But the native Besselisk population has managed to avoid Imperial control, though I'm not quite sure how. I've encountered Besselisks before. In fact, several were part of a prospecting guild searching beyond the Outer Rim, near my birth world of Kamino. Besselisk males are large, ponderous beings with four arms and a small crest on their head. They have a calm, friendly, and helpful nature, and any you encounter in the galaxy are usually of a pleasant sort. But traveling to Ojum for the first time, I've had the opportunity to meet female basilisks for the first time as well. Uh, these women have many arms. I just saw one with eight. <laughs> Something else, I tell you. An absolutely massive space station orbits the world, and it's clear most of the native population is in orbit as well. Can't blame them. The surface of Ojum is only fit for the cold-natured or the foolhardy. It's no wonder so many basilisks travel the galaxy. Ojum never sought representation in the Old Republic, content to leave politics to the rest of the galaxy. As I've said, they managed to stay clear of Imperial control as well. I don't much care for that, but when I asked around about it, the word is that most Basilisks have used their galactic connections, most of them quite illegitimate from what I understand, to remain free of Imperial control. I'd ask a Lord Vader for more details, but, you know, he choked me with his mind. <laughs> we wouldn't want that, eh? <laughs> but, uh, as it is, I've no idea why we've even stopped here. But all Helmet Head has taken a private shuttle to the planet's surface for some reason. Oh well. All we can do is wait for his return and do our duty. I'll best be off, guys. Later. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cap. Well... That's one planet I didn't even know existed in the galaxy. Oh, it's pretty small, man. Although I did have a chance to meet a Basilisk last time I was on Coruscant. He runs a little diner. Um, oh, um, yeah. Uh, those. Uh, oh, yeah. He recognized the little dart there, right? Yes, yes. Uh, you may have known him. His name was uh, uh, Dexter Jetster. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, pr- pretty pretty interesting people, if, if if I don't say so myself. But kind of kind of odd. I wonder what Vader was doing there. Very very interesting. Well yeah. well, thank you, Cody. Um, I'm glad you were okay. Thanks for sending us a postcard. This one's going up right on the wall. And um, look forward to hearing from you later. Yep. Okay, let's do this. And now, it's time for Galactic Dating Tips, with everyone's favorite Zeltron smuggler, Captain Theros. You know how to turn me on, oh, you got it going on, baby, you can make my day. Greetings, party beings, it's your good friend, Captain Theros, coming straight at you from Zeltros in the mid-rim once again. This is uh, Galactic Dating Tips. And uh, our good friend Zappy sends me a calm asking, after playing a druid and being a tree, being called a tree hugger a thousand times, you guessed it, Kid Captain, Neddy. Interesting species really well. Zappy, I have to agree. The Neddy are a very interesting species. They are very sensitive, very emotional, they're uh, very spiritual people. But the best thing about them, just like the Claudites, is that you can get into the whole different size category sex with them. You know, if you want it big and beefier, down small to shrinky-dink size, it's just a matter of uh, asking the Neddy to accommodate it. If you ask nicely, I'm sure they will. They're a friendly species. The only thing you have to watch out for them is uh, make sure before you get involved in anything that you've got a nice shellac with you because with the netty to be honest you just have to watch out for those splinters but other than that go for it zappy have yourself a good time so this is your friend captain theros coming at you straight out of the mid rim on Zeltros. if you have any uh, galactic dating tips questions just send me a com over at the thread on the d20 radio forums and i will be more than happy to uh look into my vast well of experience consult my memoirs and uh, get back to you as soon as i can so that's it have a good time party beings and i'll talk to y'all next time When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. All right. <laughs> That's a big all right. Yup. So, the netty, huh? Yeah. Uh, no comment on that one. I, I still want to. I, I I've, I've seen a post asking for the uh, Athorian, and you know, wondering about what happens when uh, a Thorian. You know, you get an Athorian kind of a screamer and they bellow. Ooh! Ooh. Watch wow. it. That'll send you right across the room. Hey, some guys might be into that. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm kind of curious if he's going to tackle that one. So. 
<laughs> so we will see as we step into the docking bay where you, Gamer Nation, will have your questions answered by the expert of experts, the Sultan of SWAT, the Foreseer of Foreseers, the Seer of Seers, the, I'm not sure, the Prophet of Prophets. I'm not, you know, the, the Dung Beetles, the Dung Beetle of all insects, Mr. GM Chris. Well, good grief Th- thank you dave i don't eat well okay yeah um I-, I will i will answer questions that you ask that's and, right uh, so yeah. all right so here's the first one this has to do with destiny points lads avendasora has this question about the glory of destiny points he asks when in starship combat who can use destiny points to cause an attack to miss I didn't find anything in any book saying one way or another. This came up in my game tonight, where a player and his droid were in a starship that got critted. The droid was piloting. The player was the gunner. The droid had no destiny points. If you look at it from a quasi-realistic, how-would-it-actually-happen point of view, only the pilot could cause an attack to miss. But looking at destiny points as tools that a player can use to accomplish a goal, it makes sense that anyone on the ship could spend the destiny point. We decided that only allowing people in the specific in specific starship roles to spend destiny points to negate a hit got too complicated and violated KISS. The player then spent the destiny point and survived the encounter. Your thoughts. Um Wowzer. That is that's a really good question, Avendasora. Um and it touches on a fantastic issue. Uh if I'm stacking crates in the docking bay of the Millennium Falcon and the Falcon gets hit, can I spend the destiny point to negate the attack? Um, well, there's two trains of thought on this one as I see it. Okay, The first is one that you shied away from for good reasons. Um, and that is saying that only certain positions on the ship should be allowed to do this. You didn't feel this was very KISS. All right? you know, again, keep it simple, stupid. Um, I see where you're coming from. But on the forums, Darth Vane made a good suggestion that isn't too complex. Basically, he said, listen, in his feelings, only the pilot, the co-pilot, or the commander, those roles, you know, you, you assign one on a ship, should be able to use a destiny point to negate an attack. They're the ones who can directly affect the missing, you know, the movement of the ship and stuff like that. So, so there you go. And, and this makes a good amount of sense. Um, I mean, if you don't feel that a guard on the Death Star should be able to stop Luke from blowing it up via a destiny point, then I think this is a pretty good compromise, okay? But wait a minute, GMC. Would a guard on the Death Star really have a destiny point to spend? I mean, destiny points are hardcore, big deals. They're stuff that's designed to alter the rules of the universe for a brief period in time. And only key players should have them. And a key player should be able to use a destiny point to negate an attack, even if he's not at the controls. Hmm. And that's the second train of thought. And there's merit to it. Other game mechanics, um, most notably uh, the scout talent, uh, Deep Space Gambit, which is page 28 of KOTOR, call out that they work for a vehicle you occupy, not necessarily control. So you could be in you know, a docking bay stacking crates. Bottom line, like, I think both these trains of thoughts are valid points of view, and I really think it's up to the GM. Okay, personally, you want my opinion? I would never let a PC go out like that. Okay, if he's got a combat role in a ship that gets hit, he should be able to spend his destiny point to negate that. All right, sensical or no, he's a key player in the story. That that should be his option. So, eh, that's my two credits. 
Yep. I don't know. What What do you think, man? Yeah, I, I mean, I like it insofar as you got heroic characters all in the same ship. So, you know, what does it matter where they are in the ship? I mean, you know, there were times, if you go to the movies, when Han wasn't at the controls of the Aluminum Falcon. <laughs> Very correct. Uh, he was in the... Um, he was trying to fix the the the, the hyperdrive or whatever when uh, when the tools all fell on his head and then they uh, they hit the asteroid, you know. Yeah. So if he's in there fixing something, can he not spend a destiny point just because he's not at the controls? No, I don't think so at all. So I pretty much agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Dun- Duncan in the forum says if it keeps the PCs from dying, I say let him use it, and I agree. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. You don't want any TPKs just because. You just said because. to be a dick yeah. with the rules. That's yeah. right. Rules pretty lawyer. Much. Rules lawyer. <laughs> Okay, time to move on. Green X Lantern posted this. And he posted this a little while ago. So, my droid character is looking to add an appendage that can cut people free of wreckage. The Jaws of Life. He's a search and rescue droid. I recommend a fusion torch, but I don't find any rules or mention of it. Any ideas? That was very interesting. Um... And, of course, if you look at some of the stat blocks, particularly for R2 droids, they have, like, fusion torches and, you know, tools like that listed, statted out. Well, turn your handy core rulebooks to page 139 and look under the toolkit entry. Um, I wanted to point this out. This is a pretty simple question. It's right there. Um, I wanted to point this out on the podcast, though, because this is a very common question that I hear and I see. And a lot of folks are unfamiliar with where to find all those cool little weapons that R2-D2 used to zap battle droids and unsuspecting Ewoks in the films. (laughs) Um, They're all contained right in the toolkit. And the toolkit entry details each tool and the damage it deals. Incidentally, a fusion cutter deals two die six of damage. And that is not bad for a tiny little gadget that never runs out of power. So, if now the thing is though, if if you want to wield a tool as a weapon, all right, if you decide to do that, you will take a minus five attack roll penalty due to its awkwardness. It's very much improvised, unless you are a droid with a tool mount, because the awkwardness go. of the handle doesn't mean much to you. So you do not take that uh, minus five attack roll penalty. So very very perfect for a droid. So, yep. There we go. There it is. Yes, and those of you very astute observers saw the assassin on my six. That's true. Oh, who's who's back there on your on your? Uh, it was Taylor running back and forth. Is your daughter? It was Taylor. Yep. Ah, uh, running back and forth stealthily so as not to be seen on the video camera. That's right, trying to hide as best she can because, heaven forbid, she thinks she's ugly. Uh, well, she's a tween. That's just a general concern. That's just the way that they go. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Nah. Nah. <laughs> okay, so, lastly, Darth Steve. <laughs> yes! <laughs> All right, so he, uh, we have an email from him this week. It says, hey guys, my saga group has finally gotten together for another campaign after a fairly long hiatus. I think... The awesome sauce covering the new books has a lot to do with it. So, (laughs) I have a question about that. One of my players got Force Unleashed, and he wants to make a Force-sensitive Alina. The Alina has this quick energy thingy that doubles his speed for a few rounds. But when it's over, he moves minus one persistent step down the condition track. But, since my player 
is force sensitive. He's picked up the equilibrium talent, so he can spend a force point to get rid of the pers persistent step. Then do it all over again. This can't be right, can it? What am I missing? Can equilibrium really be used to get rid of a persistent condition? Thanks for the answer, guys. Love the show. That was a very odd inflection to put on the end of his uh, statement. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Oh. Love the show. Okay, Dave. Well, I've got an answer. You have an answer? Ah, but make sure to put emphasis on the correct syllable. Done. Okay, Darth Steve. And, dude, I fracking love your name. I'm glad to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. Um, <clears throat> the Alina R statted out on page 13 of The Force Unleashed. Take a look at it. Okay, if you don't have The Force Unleashed yet, then you need to borrow his book and take a look. Okay. Their quick energy ability does give them a plus two to dexterity-based skills and bumps their speed to eight squares for a number of rounds equal to their con modifier. And when it's done, they do move minus one persistent step down the condition track, requiring ten minutes of rest to remove the persistent condition under normal circumstances. So what are you missing? Well, as is clarified in the description, sir, this ability can only be used once per encounter. Oh, so, oh, oh, you know what? Mm. No, never mind. No, what? But that's not that's not for Darth Steve. Darth Steve knew he was missing something. That's for his player. Yeah, that's, what, that's for his player for trying to... Because his player has the book, and his player read it, and his player knows exactly how the ability is supposed to work. That's and his player tried to pull a fast one over on his GM. Shenaniganism. Mass shenanigans. And that, 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 that horn is for your player, Darth Steve. Not you. So That's bottom right. line, your player can't do it all over again because they only can do it once per encounter. Okay? Damn skippy. So there you go. Now, as to you, now that, that kind of resolves the problem, but as to your question, uh, yes, Equilibrium, page 101 of the Core Rulebook, states that you can use it to remove all debilitating conditions affecting you and move to the top of the condition track. So yes, persistent conditions are covered in this. Um, the Soldier's Indomitable Talent works similarly. Um, this ain't broken, though, especially since quick energy is only usable once in a counter. So... Pure energy. There you, go. there you go. But go ahead and grab grab the Force Unleashed from your player, read over the Alina entry, and then take the book and smack your player upside the head with it. That's right. Pull a Gibbs. Hit him right on the back of the head. Bah! That's what I would do. That, that's, that's, that's my suggestion. But that's, yeah, that's just me. That's me, too. So, there you cool. go. All right. Thank you very much, Gamer Nation, for your questions and comments and emails. If you have any more, please send them to gmdave at d20radio.com, gmchris at d20radio.com, or join the Gamer Nation at d20radio.com slash forum, and make your voice heard there. You can also call in and leave us bumpers. By the way, we've only got like two bumpers for the year end for the for the one year anniversary show. Two. You guys suck. We, we didn't get any for this week, man. Yeah. Okay. Gamer Nation, you suck. I mean, seriously, <laughs> you are the sweat on Chris's scrotum. I, I have a scr I have a scr oh oh scrotum. Okay, scrotum. Yes. Yeah. yeah those. I have one those things. Yeah. Those things. Right there. Right there. Right and there. And there. I have, I have a hard time seeing them. Yeah. 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 Well, you know. Hey, I'm not going to comment on that. Anyway. Area code 206-600-5872 or LUSA. Lusa! The loser line. Give us a call. Leave your message. Leave your bumper, your one-year bumper, whatnot. We will sort them out and play them next week because we have the one-year anniversary show. So excited. Getting ready to start. If you guys see over my left shoulder here, You'll see the soccer player peeking in, wondering, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to make it past without being seen? 
And I assure you, if you duck, you can. In any event, what did I forget? I forgot one way for them to contact us. Or no, 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 no. Email, lose a line, and, um, oh, well, and, and on the forums direct. Voicemail on Skype, GM Dave. Oh, that's right. That's right. You can Skype GM Dave and leave him a Look voicemail. at that. She like put her pillow up in front of her face this time to come in. <laughs> oh, that's impressive. That's like ninja camouflage style. Like, whoa! Ninja camouflage. Pillow yeah. food. That's just well, you know, the, the pillow provides a, uh, a, a, a plus five, um, you know, or excuse me, a minus five penalty to any perception checks to notice you. It's kind of like cover. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Full on says the stealth failed because <laughs> they saw her anyway. Uh, All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to the Alex and Trevor show. This is going to be about five and a half minutes and we will see you on the other side. As uh, I'm not sure what, I forgot what it was that they're talking about. They're talking about... Uh, Two things out of the out of the Kotor book, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Well, aren't you prepared? Uh well, I listened to it earlier, and now I've gone and forgotten. One one of them's talking about talents, and one of them's talking about feet, and well, you need to you need to lay off the Dave juice. I need to lay off the Dave juice just a little bit. Anyway, Joe Boo, here we go. We'll talk to you on the other side. Welcome, Jedi Masters, to Fragments from the Rim. How may we be of service to you today? Hi, this is Alex. And Trevor. This is segment two of the Fragments from the Rim. For this segment, I've chosen a force power from the KOTOR campaign guide, Resist Force, which you would find on page 51. One of the things that I'm finding as a GM is I've got a group of low-level Jedi or force-sensitive characters, and a couple of them have started with taking skill training of use the force and skill focus use the force so they can easily start 13 14 or 15 use the force so they are very powerful when they come to use their force powers and some of the combats are turning into a little bit of a cakewalk so i want to make sure that my opposition has a chance of preventing their force powers from going on but it gets kind of boring if every single npc has multiple rebukes and force readiness feats and that's why I've begun to look at the resist force power. So just a brief overview of what it does. When you use this force power, there's a scale from starting at DC 15, you get a plus 1 defense. Then it goes to plus 2 at a DC of 20 and a plus 5 at a DC of 25. That defense can be applied to one of your defense scores of your choice. Unless you spend a force point and apply it to two defenses. Typically, when I'm using it, I would apply those to willpower first and fortitude as well, and I almost always spend that extra force point just to get the, the extra defense for my characters. That increases their defenses to the point where it's actually possible sometimes for the player characters to actually fail. Um, the downsides of this particular force power are that it, it's rather weak. A plus 5 actually isn't a whole lot when you're dealing with someone who has a plus 13 or more to use the force check. And it does require a swift action to maintain each round. At the same time, though, I'm not sure I'm going to fiddle with it and raise, you know, add an extra level to it because it might get overpowering. And I think as a GM, one of your goals as a GM is to have your player characters succeed. It's not fun as a player to always have everything shut down every time. So I like this power because it's going to increase the toughness of some of my NPCs in combat, but at the same time, it's not going to completely nerf my players. And that's the fragment for this ses segment. 
And I'll be talking about the Jedi Consular Talents from page 24 of your KOTOR guide, in which they make far-seeing into a crunch-worthy force power. Prior to the bringing out of KOTOR, far-seeing was relegated to a role-playing or very, very support-based concept. It was very open-ended in what it could or couldn't do because it's all based upon what the DM would allow you to see of whoever you were trying to contact and, and decide the difficulty and all those things. Of course, there was specific rules for num- you know, working out the details, but really what you got out of it, I don't know anybody who would play a, a Jedi who was combat-based or, or support-based who would waste, quote-unquote, a Force power on far-seeing because really... It's it, it has so few uses or so few points of use. Now, with the new Jedi Consular uh, talents that have been brought out in KOTOR, far-seeing becomes a much more robust and worthwhile force power to the fact that you'd actually want to take it multiple times because you have the ability of giving anyone within 12 squares of you various powers. Uh, you can give them a force point of yours that they can use immediately. You can uh, increase their reflex, various other cool things. The only problem I have with this whole talent tree, and this goes back to various com- comments that GM David GM Chris has made about the naming of things. We all basically stereotype based on names. So the uh, your typical idea of a crime lord is a criminal mastermind. Even though that's not what the uh, prestige class is going for, that's what it sounds like it's going for. So I'm really disappointed that I'm certain they've got a lot of feedback on that level. And the fact that the primary feat you have to take for all these other feats is the Watch Circle Initiate. This is KOTOR. There's many different force uh, worlds, force powers, force schools. And by naming it Watch Circle Initiate as opposed to a uh, seer or, or um, sage or whatever, you could name it many different things. By naming it the Watch Circle, you've you've given too many people the the fixation of it having to do with the characters from the the Knights of the Old Republic comic book that have this whole Watch Circle. You've you've given them too much, and what they should have done is given it a very generic name, and then as a, a descriptor said, an example of this would be the Watch Circle from <coughs> Kotor comic books. So. Um, I believe that's all we have uh, this session, right, Alex? That's it. So if you, for any reason, want to discuss any of the things that Alex and I have brought up or ask for anything that you want us to bring up in future, please feel free to uh, send an email to order66 underscore fragments at rogers.com. Uh, Alex and I will get those emails and try to do our best to uh, make use of them. And uh, other than that, keep having fun gaming. Thank you, Masters, for visiting Fragments from the Rim. Well, cool. Yeah. It's the Alex cool. and Trevor show. Alex I love Alex and Trevor. Always good to hear show. a couple of veteran gamers talking about stuff. And I, I don't know. As far as, as, far as I mean, uh, Resist Force goes, that was one of those powers that it, when you first look at it, you're like, wow, that's about as useless as a bag of rocks. Um, it's, it's, you know, just, or, you're just, wow, that's just nothing. But it really becomes a wonderful GM tool, a good way to to beef up an encounter or an NPC. So um, I think that's an excellent, excellent usage. I think so, too. Very nice. All right, what's next? Oh, yeah, this.
Chancellor, request a motion to suspend the rules. You're gonna suspend the rules? Shut up, Shadow. Motion granted. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Okay, well. House rule time. House rule time. You know, before we get to this, Darth GM uh, proposes house rule, and he also sent me an email asking if we were ever going to get dark thoughts back again. I don't know. It's a question for my wife, really. Okay. Well, we'll pose the question at some point. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll pass that question. Yep. I don't know. It's been, you know, uh, to be quite frank, with all the user user generated content, the listener generated content lately, um, you know, I'm wondering if there's much room for dark thoughts. Oh well, maybe not then. I don't know. Although I will say, I am very pleased at the listener generated content. <laughs> ah, as am I. So it's very very cool. Um, but let's talk about suspending some rules because that's what this segment is about uh, where we introduce some various house rules that you guys have posted up on the forums for use in your own campaigns a lot of you know changes to the rules as written to the raw different ways of doing things and uh, what are we gonna be talking about today Dave well we are talking about losing a limb (laughs) (laughs) I know know a guy downtown that'll do it for you for 50 bucks if you're really 50 bucks and he'll pull fingernails out one by one there you go yep Okay, so here's a rule that Darth GM proposed on the House rule, uh, on the forum, sorry. He contends, he contends it's simply too, way too hard to lose a limb to a lightsaber strike. And I, I would agree because people lose limbs all the damn time in the movie. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, but in the game, per Raw, you have to have severing strike to do this to someone. So, he proposes this. The sacrificed limb rule. <laughs> okay. If a character takes enough damage with one lightsaber attack to beat their damage threshold and that damage drops the character to zero hit points, killing them, the character who has been who has been hit can choose to spend a force point to reduce the damage dealt by one half and lose one or more limbs of the attacker's choice. <laughs> Whoa. To determine okay. how many appendages are removed, divide the original damage dealt by the target's current damage threshold and round down. That number is the number of different limbs that are severed. Follow the rules in Severing Strike Talent of the Jedi Knight Prestige class for how to handle the limbs removal, persistent conditions from the removal, and how to heal from this injury. <laughs> Your thoughts. Okay. Wow. Okay. So let me, let me, let me get this straight. If you're going to die from an attack that kills you, i.e. it beats your damage threshold and knocks you to zero hit points, you can choose to spend a force point Take half damage from the attack instead and lose limbs. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the, the the method for for determining how many limbs you lose. The you know I mean it, it, it is it is simple. Um, you know just you know okay we'll take the damage dealt divide by your damage threshold round down. I mean the, it, it is kind of simple, but it is a little not kiss. You know what I mean? It's not kiss. It's not kiss. Um, I mean, if literally, if I have to pull out a calculator or just a you know a pen and paper, you know, and not everyone is mathematical whizzes, not everyone can do it in their head, yep. you know, to, to to figure it out, then you know it may be a little non kiss. But I don't know, man. This is a pretty freaking cool house rule because, I, yeah. quite frankly, yeah, I don't. You're right, man. People lose limbs all the freaking time. I know from a lightsaber. I mean, you you got it like. 37 minutes into episode 4 for those of us that saw episode 4 before any other episode. Yeah. 
in the cantina, boom, there went an arm. Yeah, boom, there went an arm. Boom. And that was it, you know? And right there. And I mean, they've managed it so far by ha basically saying everyone who's severed has had severing strike, and it's it's and in their stat blocks. Look, look, look. But I, I, you know what? If, if I'm a young, young Padawan, and I take a lightsaber to someone's wrist, I, you know, yep, I should have the ability to sever their arms. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, this is interesting, because I was watching episode two, no, episode three, last night with my wife. Yes. And... The scene where, okay, Obi-Wan is knocked out. At the very beginning of the movie, they're rescuing Palpatine. And Obi-Wan has been knocked out, and it's just Anakin and Dooku going at it. And he, he cuts both of his hands off. Do you remember that? Anakin, uh, Anakin cuts both of Dooku's hands off. Yeah. And, and then he, he, Dooku falls to his knees, and Palpatine's like, kill him, man. And then kill him now. Do it. Gets, gets a dark side point. So anyway, um, I, you know, at that at that point, I don't think Anakin was a master yet or had master levels. I don't know if he would actually even, or actually, well, it's a knight. I think he would have. You think he would have had severing strike? I mm. think he probably would have at that point because I mean, he was just a matter of seventy four minutes from becoming a Sith, Dark Lord of the Sith. I might add. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Uh, but even then, I like this rule. I think it's a lot of fun and it's an easy way to sever things. So. Wonderfully cool rule. Nice little deviation from Raw. Very wonderful suggestion, Darth GM. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. Okay, so it's time to send a shout-out. I don't get very many shout-out requests via email, but I got one. Tight! I want to send... We're going to send a shout-out to... Uh, this comes from SillyRabbit719, whose name is Scott, who just joined our forums because his GM, Chris Davis, out there in GM land, I have no idea where you're from, said for his entire gaming group to come and listen to our podcast. So, Chris, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Shout out. Whoop. Shout out. Whoop. How about that? So, anyway. Well, speaking of shout outs, dude, maybe we should give a shout out to... Um, TK. Maybe some TK? Some maybe TK love? Some I don't know. TK, I think people kind of miss talking to TK. I know I miss talking to him I know. I talk to him, too. You know? Every once yeah. in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah. Not often. I miss that little redneck trooper every once in a while, but not too okay. often. You're right. You're right. You're right. I need some food. I'm hungry. Anyway, let's try and get him. Let's try and give him a call. Okay. So, all right. TK421, sir. TK421. Uh, are you there, sir? Hello. I knew he wouldn't be there. Hey, Chicken Dave, how the heck y'all doing, man? Ah, uh, love it. I'm <laughs> glad you're there. What's going on, oh. sir? What's going on, man? Well, it's been a crazy week, man, I'll tell you what. Has it been? Well, I've been doing a lot of soul searching, Dave. You ever <laughs> do any soul searching? Yeah, but I imagine that mine takes a little bit longer than yours. Uh, uh, yeah, but, but I don't know. I got an offer that I'm, I'm thinking about perhaps hanging up the Stormtrooper uniform. Uh, I'm no thinking way. about it hard, Dave. You thinking about hanging up the whites? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I was on Bespin. Uh, I was there for short. Even I was just kind of relaxing. On Bespin? And, uh, That's a good place to relax. Oh, <laughs> hell yes. Get a little gambling down there? That's a good story, man. You get a little gambling. You got a little women. 
you, you got you got everything you need in, in Cloud City, son. And, and I was convincing some friends of mine to come to Cloud City, you know. And, and this fellow, this this fella right there at the, at the Starport, he was listening to me talk about telling people to come to Cloud City, and he was he was rather impressed by the way that I was convincing them to enjoy their leisure time on Bespin. And uh, he, he came up to me and said he worked for uh, worked for a, a travel agency. Have you heard of these things, man? No, not really. Oh man, these travel agencies, man. You, you go to them and they help you, like you know, book hyperspace routes across the galaxies and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, okay, okay. They're like information brokers, oh. yeah. Well, 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 these guys are all over the place, right? And he right. offered me a job, man. All right. Oh man, he, he was just so charismatic and, and commanding. I just, you know, he made it sound like it was the best thing in the world. Yeah. And there was nothing rather to do than just, you know leave the glorious empire behind and, and enter the private sector. And he almost had you convinced to do it, huh? Uh, almost, man. I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Okay. I'll tell you what, though. That boy had a smooth tongue, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. You have to in that line but, of work. He, he said it wouldn't cost too much to join the organization, you know, that my training courses would only be about 10,000 credits, you know. And I got that much in savings. That's about all I got. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. All right. Well, hopefully you'll make the right choice. Yeah, well. I know you will. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I, uh, think, we, I think we're just going to have to talk about that. Yeah, well, all right. Well, I'll call you offline, man. We'll, we'll see, man. But I better be going, man. There's a, there's a sabacc table waiting for me as we speak. I bet there is. Have fun there on Bespin. Later, hosers. Later on, man. By TK. Well, uh, well, he's talking about a prestige class I knew once. Really? Yep. Huh. Of all the prestige classes I've loved before. See, now you're going into the Holocron. Oh, I am? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, I'll got to steer clear of that. To all Ugh. the MMOs I've loved before, yep. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. But well, you know. we are talking about the corporate agent this week, younglings. Ah, uh, yes, Agent Smith. Uh, not that agent, different agent, corporate agent, more uh, Jane Alorso kind of thing. Oh, uh, right. But listen, we 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 have asked, and you have answered. Um, and I got an email from David Gorse uh, this past week, who emailed me after the last show asking for a continued discussion of prestige classes. And he writes, I would really like you to pick up with some prestige class discussion. I really got a lot out of your prestige class discussions from the core book. Perhaps you could do the KOTOR prestige classes. It's the only other source book I've gotten so far, so it'd be great to hear about those. Thanks a bunch, David. Well, why not? I say, let's do it. Why not? Do it. And I say, uh, we haven't talked about prestige classes in a while. Um, I think it's a good idea to start interspersing a few prestige classes back into the mix. So we're going to begin with the first class out of the KOTOR campaign guide, the corporate agent. The corporate agent, the IRS auditor. Kind of, sort of. Really a truly sick uh, buffer slash debuffer that is chock full of role-playing potential and lots of cool abilities. So let's talk about them, yeah? Okay. This is KOTOR, right? KOTOR. Pick up your KOTOR campaign guides, younglings, and turn to page 41. That's the number four, followed by the number one. Thank you. Thank you for that clarification. Yes, sir. Well, let's talk about becoming a corporate agent first and foremost. Ah, um, let me guess. You have to have 
seven levels. You do have to have seven levels. You can enter this prestige class as early as eighth level, which is very wow, nice. Other than that, this is pretty easy to get into. Um, you got to be trained in two skills. Uh, gather information and knowledge bureaucracy. Well, what a, well, there you go. Skill focus, I bet, too, right? Don't you think? I bet you have to have uh, skill focus and bureaucracy, too. Yes, you have to have skill focus, knowledge bureaucracy as well. And there is a special requirement, the last requirement. You must be employed by a major interstellar corporation. Ah, uh, yes. That's uh, Hut, Hut Bait and Tackle, Inc. <laughs> yes, yes. Or uh, for those of you who, you know, maybe Zerka or uh, Sorosub, you know, or something like that. That's you're, right. You're oh, I heard the Jedi outlet was going to start carrying Hut edible underwear. That's disgusting. <laughs> are they Hut flavored or are they four Huts? No, oh! they're four Huts. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, got it. Got it. Well, basically, as far as the prereqs go for this, I mean, it's it's hella easy to get into. Your basic noble or scoundrel should be able to knock down the doors to this prestige class in his sleep. <laughs> There's what? <laughs> Feswick in the, in the chat room is talking about, have to read the book. It's a must read, How to Win Friends and Influence Huts. Ah, uh, very, very, okay. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted by the chat room because they're funny. No, uh, that's fine. You can do it, just mute your damn mic. There's 43 of them in there now. <laughs> Good grief. Don't you boys have lives? I tell oh. you what. Ah, well, anyway, um, there's a couple things, though, you really do want to consider when you're thinking about getting into this prestige class, okay? Training and skill focus in knowledge bureaucracy is honestly not as common as you might think it is, okay? Or at least skill-focused knowledge bureaucracy is not, okay? So if you're a noble planning to go this route... It goes without saying, skip connections, all right, which is a very common noble talent. Um, with your knowledge bureaucracy focuses, it would just be a waste of talent for you. And the other huge thing to consider, employment by a major interstellar corporation. Be sure, well, several levels before even thinking about taking this prestige class to talk to your GM about your plans. This could potentially be a, you know, a family company or even a syndicate or a bank, depending on your GM. The rules are very loose in the description for a reason, but you need to keep your company in the forefront of everything you do because if you ever leave your company, you cannot advance in this prestige class again until you gain other gainful employment with a major interstellar corporation. Ah, so, yes, indeed. Kind of a thing to think about. Yep. All right, well, Dave, let, let's talk about buzzing about as a corporate drone. Um, or the basics. Ah, uh, yes. The basics of this class, you got a poor base attack bonus. Okay, well, yeah, crap. What do you expect? Yeah, uh, I mean, you're an employee. You're not a freaking gun runner. Exactly, okay. Um, however, despite that fact, you have a hit die of a D8. Not bad. Uh, which is fantastic and probably a nice bump up from the D6 you're used to. And um, then lastly, defense bumps. Uh, you get a plus two to your reflex defense and a plus four to your wheel defense. Kind of, you know, duh. Um, basically your, your noble, uh, uh, strata bumped up on steroids, basically. Yep. Um, so let's talk about the even level ability of this class, Dave. Um, I like to call it because I said so. Um, and it's called executive leadership, uh, which is your even level ability. Now, like most prestige classes, you know, you, you forego bonus feats on even levels in exchange for like a cool class ability. And, and this, you know, executive leadership, or as some people call it, buff-tastic goodness, <laughs> um, is, is your even level ability. Um, and basically, as a swift action, 
a number of times per encounter equal to half your corporate agent level. You can grant one ally a morale bonus until the end of their next turn. They get, and this is your choice, plus two squares to their base speed, which is nice, plus two to all attack rolls, or a plus two to all defenses. All right? That's pretty tight. Um, but remember that this is a morale bonus. So it won't stack with other morale bonuses, such as the kind granted by Inspire Confidence or Fearless Leader or Rally. Okay, better off picking up noble buff talents like Born Leader, which provide insight bonuses and will thus stack. So thoughts, just there thoughts you as go, you yeah. kind of head up towards this. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, um, let's talk about the general uh, talent tree here, Dave. Would you like to introduce it? The general talent tree? No, the, 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 the talent tree for this, uh, this prestige class. Mm, no, not really. Okay, well, I will introduce it because I like to call it Unlimited Power! Yeah, I, and I saw that and I really just wanted to give you the opportunity to do that, so, you know. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry, I was watching episode three last night. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, there are some decent talents in here, though. Dude, corporate power is an awesome talent tree. Now, every odd level, the corporate agent can choose a talent. They have access to the leadership talent tree, the lineage talent tree, those are both noble talent trees, as well as the brand spanking new corporate power talent tree, which is kind of all about using your corporate clout to be a badass. It's very odd, and it's very, it's, it's mechanically very sound, but it's got a really just wonderful role-playing flavor to it that I absolutely love. Because when you're using these talents from a role-playing perspective, I mean, literally, it's, it's your position in your corporation that's giving you the ability to do this. So you literally say, Haha, don't you know who I am? You know, or, you know, the Circa Corporation will reward you handsomely if you walk away. You know, stuff like that. And you could really put a lot of hardcore, great role-playing into using these abilities, which are very wonderfully mechanically, uh, work wonderfully mechanically in an encounter. So... Let's talk about them, yeah? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Um, first up I want to talk about is uh, the first talent in the tree, Competitive Drive. And um, this is the first talent in the tree, and it's one of the most useful. Once an encounter, re-roll any wisdom, intelligence, or charisma-based skill check and take the better result. Oh, man, that's broken, dude. It is use, well, use the is force, man. Use, right. use the force, no, it's dude. Not, well, okay, it, it's not not quite. In my opinion, it's not quite broken because okay, one, use the force is exempted from it. Okay. Ah, there you go. Okay. Okay, that that's huge. Okay, use the force is, is exempted from it, and you can only use this once an encounter. Okay? All right. Well, then it's not as bad. But still, okay, when you when you need to make that persuasion or deception or gather info check, you've got a heck of a shot now. Or mechanics, or use computer, or perception, or survival, or treat injury, or knowledge. Oh, crap, this is kind of a little too awesome, isn't it? Once per <laughs> encounter, though. I mean, once per encounter. I know, but that's just to still totally, totally awesome. Okay. No, it's really good. No, don't get me wrong. It's still real good. Very, very useful. Okay. Um, and the best thing I like about it is a lot of the later talents revolve around making persuasion checks. And so when you tack this on, it's the ability to re-roll that persuasion check, take the better result. Nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful thing. Um, okay, competitive edge. Uh, next in the tree. I freaking love this talent. And I think it is one of the more useful utility combat talents in the game. It's really more, in my opinion, in the purview of the officer, but it's right here. Um, and it's kind of cool. Basically, when your party is not surprised, you and a number of allies equal to your charisma modifier 
gain the use of the quick draw feat for the rest of the encounter. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I mean, how often have you been stuck in a situation where a move action to draw your weapon has left you in grave danger? Well, not anymore since I spliced my bowcaster and uh, vibroaxe together. Thank you, scum and villainy. But uh, but you don't understand what I'm talking about. This is a really, really awesome thing to have. And it's one of those situations where if you're not going to walk into you know, a, a nice place with a weapon drawn, if right. you need to draw your weapon in a hurry, you know, perhaps when negotiations go bad, this competitive edge could really save a lot of people's lives. Yes. So. Yep. I think that's great. It's very cool. Now, I'm not going to go in order here. We're going to kind of switch it around a bit. I want to discuss the last two talents in the tree first and then go on to three talents, which are kind of lead up to the capstone ability of this talent tree. Ah, yes. Um, I want to talk next about Willful Resolve, which um, is a wonderful role-playing talent that I like to call, I'm sorry, were you saying something? Um, <laughs> basically, once, once an encounter, you can negate the effects of any attack roll or skill check that targets your will defense. This means that, I mean, you, you can't be intimidated via persuasion, or deceived for that matter. It also means that a Jedi mind-tricking you simply fails to do so. Um, as does, of course, move object, which targets your will defense, yep. just simply fails if he tries to pick you up in the air. It is a wonderful talent to have. Um, and when you consider its effects against the Force, I think it's almost a little too powerful. But basically, you just have a really strong mind, and that's awesome. That's very odd. Yep. So, yeah. Next up, uh, the last talent in the tree, um, Wrong Decision. This is a really odd talent, Dave. Basically, what it boils down to is that you are such a hoss that foes know that after attacking you, it was a really bad idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> and not because you're a Wookiee with a Vibrowax. Um <laughs> You know, so the role-playing constraint here is really neat because it's one of those things that's like, you know, I attacked him. Oh, you attacked me. Do you know who I am? And, you know, oh, God, I can't believe I attacked him. And so uh, the mechanics is after attacking you, a foe takes a minus two penalty to its will defense until the end of its next turn. Okay? This means that you might actually encourage something to attack you if you're having a difficult time persuading it. <laughs> you, know, you know, hey, ooh, oh, you shouldn't have done that, dog. Oh, you know who I am? Oh, no, sir. You shouldn't have done that. You know, kind of like a, a taunt. Um, yeah, what's up, also, dog? What's up, And one thing I like about it is it's a minus two to... The target takes a minus two to its will defense, period. Not minus two to its will defense against you, just a minus two to its will defense. So other party members, maybe a Jedi trying to mind trick this person or move object on them, uh, you know, gains the benefit of that as well. So, very nice. But of course... Uh, wrong decision is important because it is a, a prereq for the keystone ability of this tree, which is corporate clout, which we're coming to. Um, so, moving on. The next three talents, um, I kind of put in order because they kind of build off each other. Um, the first one, and I, th I think these three are, are some of the better talents in the tree. This whole talent tree rocks, but these are kind of just really cool, unusual abilities. Um, the first one, Impose Hesitation. And this is kind of spiffy, Dave. You, you make a persuasion check against all targets in a six-square cone, okay? Meet or beat their will, and they lose a swift action on their next turn, and they cannot take full round actions. 
Yeah, okay. That's um, all right. That's all right, because a lot of things require those full round actions. Good things. Exactly. And that, that's the primary point. Like people, I mean, listen, this didn't sound too, too stellar to me when I first read it, but the real strength here is you hit the nail on the head. It's denying full round actions. So many cool abilities require one. And don't poo-poo on the lack of a swift action either. It means that they usually can't use the recover action if they're down the condition track or take the time to aim. And a lot of really cool stuff depends on you aiming. Um, but the real reason you should take Impose Hesitation is because it's a, it is a prerequisite for Impose Confusion. Ah, Confusion Now we're talking. Hey. Um, impose Confusion works identically as Impose Hesitation. However, your Persuasion check now affects a 12-square cone that's usually about half the freaking map, okay? And once an encounter, your targets can lose a standard action yep. on their next turn. That's big time there, mama. Yes. Now, that effect can, understandably, only happen once in encounter. But, I mean, seriously, man, at, at, at a 12-square cone distance, you're talking about potentially denying every threat on the board a single round of attacks. Yeah, that's humongous. That's huge. Yep. Um, that's incredible. So, I, I love that talent. But lastly, we come to the keystone talent of this tree, corporate clout. Corporate clout has prereqs of both impose hesitation and wrong decision. And basically, this lets you do with persuasion what every persuasion monkey has always wanted to do with persuasion. Turn an enemy to your side. Uh, <laughs> Once yeah. an encounter, okay? Once an encounter, you can make your persuasion check against an enemy's will. Success? Just simple success, and they will flat out refuse to attack you for the rest of the encounter. Period. Okay? Success by five or more, and they will refuse to attack you or your allies for the rest of the encounter. And if you beat their will defense by ten or more, they will actually switch sides fighting against their former comrades. Now that's a mind trick. That is freaking awesome. Now, it is a mind-affecting fear effect, so it's not going to work against droids, you know, and um, you know, if you play Stormtroopers really hardcore, well, there you go, too. Um, but from a role-playing perspective, I find this totally awesome. I mean, you're using your corporate position to simply offer somebody a better deal, and they take it. I, I, would, just, I, uh, I would love to see this role played out in combat. It would be so cool. Heart so. of Juyo is about to get his ass busted out of the chat room. With one more comment like that. I'm not reading the chat room, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say that he's uh, 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 asking to date your daughter. He said uh, that his his would be Charm GM Dave's daughter. Whoa. Dude, you know she's like 12? Yeah. That's really sad. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yes. He'll do it, dude. He'll track you across the inner tubes and ruin your credit. I've seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I will impose my crime lord status. He can do it. Well, to kind of bring our discussion to a close, talking about this Prestige class, um, the bottom line, all right, this Prestige class is a wonderful mix of buffing in the form of the even-level ability executive leadership and debuffing, which is pretty much the entire corporate power talent tree. Um, entering this Prestige class, you'd better be persuasioned out the butt, all right? You better have skill focus. You better have hella high charisma. And if you don't, I got to wonder what you're doing here. The best of this prestige class's abilities revolve around persuasion checks. All right, 
Now, the noble might seem like the obvious choice to head this route, but don't discount the scoundrel. They have access to all the same prerequisites, and more importantly, the knack talent, which is one more way for you to re-roll that all-precious persuasion check. Yep. So, yep. a few things to consider. But I love this prestige class. I think it is wonderful, chock-full of role-playing goodness, and I would absolutely love, I'm hoping to God, one of my players will go that route, although I don't think she is. Um so we'll we'll see how that goes, but uh, I'd really like to see this at the table. The corporate so, uh, agent, eh? Uh, the corporate agent, and that is the corporate agent. And uh, I want to thank. Uh, I really want to take the time to to thank our our emailer, um, uh, David Gorse, who emailed in asking for this. We, you know, again, we're, I'll say this again. We would like to do shows on what you want us to do shows on. And David's really the only one to answer that call so far and say, "Hey, I want you to do a show on this specifically. Please talk about this right here in the book specifically, please." Um, <laughs> so we want you guys to let us know too. Again, email right. gmchrisd20radio.com. GMDavidD20Radio.com. Get your booties to the forums at d20radio.com slash forum and uh, post your mind. And call please call that loser line and leave us a one-year whatever bumper <laughs> at 206-600-5872 because next Who's week that? is going to be a big week. We're going to have Sam. We're going to have Rodney. We're going to have Sterling. And I think that'll be it for our guests, but... That's three pretty high-powered guests in the Star Wars community, uh, to say the least. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little excited about it. And a few of you have been emailing me questions to ask Sam and uh, Rodney and Sterling. Um, thank you. Um, I will uh, attempt to try and work it into the show, but I, it's really not the reason we're having. I, I don't want to have them on to pepper them with rules questions. Um, but we'll we'll see what we can't do in that regard. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of a fun show next week. They will. So. And Fiddleback asks, where's Felicia? Felicia and uh, the Guild, they just made a big deal with Microsoft, and she is understandably busy, and I believe that it will have to wait. And yeah. she may wind up going on the Holocron before our podcast because she's more of a Holocron guest. So GM Chris is right. We may just wait. We may. I would like to have her on the show, though. It would be fun, would and be. especially if she's a tabletop gamer. And I understand she's a big tabletop gamer. So that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Would be, would be cool. Yep. But yes. So anyway, tune in next week, Gamer Nation. It's going to be awesome. Sunday night. Sunday Whoop. night. We might get started a little bit early because the show's going to go long. I guarantee it's going to go long, but we're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be cool. Yep. So until next week, I tell you, Gamer Nation, keep those dice rolling. And this is GM Chris saying peace, love, and good gaming. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related websites, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. from the Wolf-Blooded Gamer podcast. And for those of you that don't speak Shriwook, uh, Grombaka the Wookiee would like to let you know that he never listens to the Order 66 podcast 
And if you ever saw those guys in person, he'd rip their arms right out of their sockets. Easy. Welcome to Daydreaming with GM Dave. Dude, I just had a thought. Okay, what thought is bouncing around? Well, Foxworthy just brought it up. Do you realize the next Sunday uh, the Titans are going to be playing? And um, uh, uh, Jedi Master Thompson will, of course, you know, being being from Tennessee, will probably, and and a huge football fan, will probably be watching them in, in earnest. And uh, would, we may yeah. want to actually schedule next week's podcast after that game. <laughs> well, we usually start at 7. I mean, the game should be over by 6, 6.15 at the latest. One hopes. Yeah, even if it went into overtime. One hopes. One hopes. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought about that. I mean, we usually start at 7 o'clock. Even if we go for two and a half hours, it's still... I mean, on the West Coast, dude, I mean... That's still yeah. only seven thirty his time, so. Good point. That's, that's very true. That's very true. I didn't didn't think about that. That's Both true. for he and for uh, Sam. Sam, yeah, but not Sterling. Not Sterling. Sterling's an hour ahead of us, isn't he? Um, I think he's in Kansas City. Oh, he's same as us. Okay. So not 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 too bad. Okay, chat room. What shall we name this episode? Is it time to name the episode already? Well, I, I like to give people time. That way we have lots of time when we discuss things for them to throw out the great suggestions. Yeah, that's true. Yep, so just start throwing out suggestions, even though they usually combine the daydreaming with the actual meat of the cast. So, Oh, Foxworthy says Titans play on Saturday. Titans got Saturday game? Apparently. Well, then, there you go. Baba booey. <laughs> you know, corporate tools. Corporate tools? That's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's a leader in the clubhouse right now as we speak. So how was your New Year celebration, your pajama party that you went to? Uh, What I can remember of it was fantastic. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was was interesting. Actually, I didn't didn't put on my pajamas until probably closer to about 11 o'clock. I I thought it was a wonderful opportunity to wear my utility kilt, so I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually wearing it right now. Uh, It's just highly comfortable. And... um, uh, so we, we, it was just, it was great. We brought the dogs over and, um, we, uh, got there a little early and Brev made, Brev and his wife made dinner for us, which was wonderful. And, uh, then we just started drinking and playing rock band and board game after board game after board game. Yep. Uh, and some minis, I think somewhere in there. Although I know, I, well, I don't, I don't, I know I didn't play any minis, although I, th- I think some of them may have been, they were setting some up. So, um, it was yeah, and I, I believe a little clue action got involved. Oh wow! And I, uh, and I also got embroiled invo- in a four-hour game of Killer Bunnies. So, dude, that's pretty cool. We played Rock Band pretty much all night. We had the Wii going in one room, Rock Band going in the other room, and I'm really glad that uh, I'm really glad that my two um, my two what would you call them now my 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 two um, co-workers that came over here that one of which you know used to be my boss and uh, I'm glad that yeah. I, I didn't get as many apple martinis in my system until after they left and so that's probably a good idea so you are drinking apple martinis apple teenies I can make Once them again man we, next time we get together we're just gonna have to go to the bathroom and you're just gonna have to lift up your trough and show me dude I'm not convinced you're a man 
I I can't drink beer. You know this, and I'm going to quit saying it now. Whiskey exists, as does vodka, gin, and rum. Oh, well, vodka? What, what, what else goes into a martini, an apple martini, other than vodka? Okay, if you just, but that's the thing. If you just made yourself a martini, I'd be like, all right, that's slick. That's smooth. But in, but in, and in, what? You didn't even say an apple martini. You said an apple teeny. <laughs> apple teeny. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, I'm going to give you hell. I'm sorry. Of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, drinking in office friends, not good. Well. Yeah, yeah, usually not. That's what he says. But, you know, I mean, heck. I just happen to really, really like these two office friends. They're like my two favorite people in the office. Present company accepted, but, you know. Yeah, they're good folks. They are very good. But, you know, they, they both have kids. They both went home early and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So my, my, my corporate drinking story, speaking of corporate tools, is um, back in college, um, I, I, I didn't grow up with a whole heck of a lot. And um, I had to kind of make my own way through school. And um, uh, so early on, I, was, I got a job working at, of all places, GameStop. And, uh, yeah, I know. Were you aware, Dave, that GameStop is a Barnes and Noble company? Yes, I was, and uh, it explains a lot. But um, I, I quickly made my way into into a managerial level at GameStop and um, was working at a couple different stores, kind of floating around. And I remember one year uh, at a manager's conference, um, which their corporate office is in Dallas, so all the national managers' conference would happen in Dallas, and it was you know open bar and all that. And I watched. A female manager from somewhere in the St. Paul area, I believe, um, gets so lit that she walked up to one of our executives and sat in his lap and started playing with his tie. And his wife was, of course, sitting in the chair next to him. Um, That was the first night of a three-day conference. Um, Did she make it to day two and three? No. I believe she was put on a plane at approximately 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, and canned. So office drinking, generally not that good of an idea. Uh, but uh, it can be fun. Yeah. I know that our office has a wonderful Christmas party with, uh, with a great deal of uh, very, very heavy, uh, you know, margaritas and uh, and other girly drinks that I happily drink with you. Others, and, uh, yes. And cold. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Very much. So how was the how was the rest of your new year? Uh it was good, dude. You know, it was um I don't know, we just had fun. We watched the uh Big D NYE, which Dallas for being such a big city has a suck ass New Year's celebration. <laughs> well, okay, Dallas is not New York and uh uh what is it uh the downtown plaza or whereas a victory park is not manhattan oh so, uh, geez victory park is i mean is nowhere near freaking ball dropping Times square you know i mean they put up on the jumbotron 10 9 8 7 6 like it's some freaking countdown <laughs> on you know damn ryan seacrest extravaganza which i don't like ryan seacrest either by the way so the whole dick clark's rock and eve you know, we, we've got some guy up there that says, you're good, but you're no, who, Obi-Wan? Yeah. Well, to Seacrest, you're pretty good. You ain't no Dick Clark, pal. No, no. 
Seacrest uh, doesn't sleep. I'm convinced that there are several clones of Ryan Seacrest that, uh, you know, just travel the nation, you know, being on television. Um, either that or he's a robot, one of the two. Oh, yeah, like Matt Kenseth. <laughs> they just bring out another. They just bring another one out. We need another Seacrest. Yep. Need another Seacrest. Yep. So, but other than that, uh, I don't know. We stayed up late, and then I, I managed to get my ass up at seven in the morning, and we went golfing. Uh, had an eight forty tee time, and I went golfing on New Year's Day. There's just nothing like having a good round of golf on New Year's morning. Wow. So you know what uh, you know what Mark Twain said about golf. Yes, you've told me many times here on the podcast, I might add. Oh, I'm going to say it again. Mark Twain said that golf was a good walk. Wasted. Yep. <laughs> okay, let me, be, let me be honest with you. Aside from putt-putt, I have never been golfing in my entire life. So it could be magnificent, but I, I simply wouldn't know. Hey, battling in the boardroom. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Corporate. Purchase. I don't know. I still like corporate tools pretty much. Corporate tool. Corporate tool. Very nice. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I was thinking about starting another podcast. Oh, because you're not in enough. Because I don't do enough podcasts these days. Yeah. Yes, you've been you've been saying this. Yes. I know I have been, but I just can't. I can't quite come up with an idea of. Of doing one that's just going to be me. I, I was, you know, what I'm thinking about doing is starting my NASCAR podcast back up. You know, now that Tony Stewart's racing for his own team, number 14 Chevrolet of Stewart Haas Racing. I'm telling you, I would, I would quit every single podcast and just travel from race to race if he could somehow score Danica Patrick on that new team that he's making. Well, that'd be okay. Just, um, you know, give give me your podcasting equipment yep. so I can, you know. Oh, hey, and you know what? Danica got a got a speeding ticket. <laughs> well, in that's... Her, in her hometown, that, you know, Danicast. Okay. Hey, that's perfect the right Danicast. there. Look at McAvajet. Oh, that's pretty beautiful. Okay, see, now, I'm, I, I I know nothing about NASCAR. Danica really does not have name. a K. Okay, go but ahead. I, I would listen to the Danicast. You would listen to the Danicast? Dude, it's Danicast. Uh, whoa. Something very bad just happened. What just happened there? I'm not entirely sure, but I lost half my USB stuff. So hopefully you can hear me, and hopefully the chat room can still hear me. I can hear you. Yep. I can also hear me, which is probably not a good thing. No, okay. At least that's something. So, all right. Yeah. I think a USB cable just got hit with my foot. So, And yes, Danica can race in NASCAR. There's, there's less weight restriction there than there is in IndyCar, so get over it. Anyway, and I just haven't, anyway. I haven't been keeping up with football as we continue on the sports vein. I just, you know, I did see where the freaking Ravens beat the Miami Dolphins, so I was really upset by that. <laughs> I hate the freaking Ravens. Yeah, well, you and Dominic and, oh, oh, dude, okay. Oh, hey, did, did Philadelphia win? Did Philadelphia win? Anybody tell me in the chat room now. Don't wait for the translation. They were up 16-14 when we started. I think they won. What are you doing, dude? Oh my gosh. Wow. Philadelphia won? Oh, great. Perfect. I'm just going to have another email waiting for me from her in Philly. 
Okay. GM Dom sent me these incredible drawings for Christmas. And um, Dude, those are pretty cool. They were done by Joe Martin, uh, the guy I'm talking to. Uh, he's doing art right now for our module. And uh, I got back from my holidays. Thanks for waiting in my mailbox, and they're incredible. I haven't even had a chance to call Dom yet and say thank you. Corporate shenanigans. Uh, I like that one. Awesome. Go ahead. Yeah. No, what? Are you talking? Cor- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say something? Corporate Certainly shenanigans. Certainly wouldn't Somebody be talking. Like- After all, I was, I, was, I, was, I was talking to you. I can't imagine you would just, you know, interrupt me while I was talking to you about something else. No, I, I, the, the drawing looked really cool. I, it's just oh. Shibuta came in with corporate shenanigans. So, that was pretty good. Oh, no, I let the music expire again. There you go. The first, the first. Look at that. We're an hour and 20 minutes in, and that was the first big thing that I screwed up there. Look at that one, man. Are you... Dude, look at that. It's impressive. Yeah. That is pretty cool. See, okay, Gamer Nation, that's listening to the podcast. You can go to uh, you can go to ustream.com and find us uh, on the Order 66 channel slash Order 66. And um, all our recorded shows are there, so you can actually watch if you really <laughs> have nothing better to do than to watch a, a podcast that's not intended to be a video podcast whatsoever. So. Well, we made good use out of it. Yeah. So, anyway, here's to next week. Hoping that Philadelphia and Baltimore both lose, and I'd be really, really happy. Bah. Bah. Humbug. Bah. Humbug. I have to go back to work tomorrow, and I'm not really motivated for that. It's okay. We'll make a lazy day out of it. I doubt it. Probably not. I have no earthly idea. Yeah, Hero, of course I remember the cast idea you emailed me about. Yes. And Fezwick, yes, these are de- these those graphics are designed to go in the Savage Worlds customizable GM screen. That's right. And uh, GM Dom has created his own GM screen as well that is totally awesome. That's right. That's right. Very cool. So OT Beta needs to reveal to the rest of the world what his idea was before I do. But I don't know if you will. Oh, uh, the Chicago Detroit outdoor game played in Wrigley Field. That was something else right there, man. They set up an ice rink inside Wrigley Field, which is kind of sacrilegious, but. All right. Hey, hey, hey you're going to have a script? Cool. Go ahead, man. Release it. Release it. Reveal it now. Zertz. This is Major Zertz. What is he talking about? And we. Need the knowledge of the holocron. That was a good one. I really like that one. Oh, okay, Z. Uh, you asked me a question. You say, you know, how goes the transcribing of the list? Another useful GM advice. It goes exactly bubkis. The holidays have kind of given me no time, but it's on its way. Bubkis. Bubkis! It's all right, man. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hostile takeovers. Hostile takeovers. I still like corporate school. Yeah, there you go. Old style radio drama. Now that, I like it. I I do, I like the idea. In fact, um, um, 
now that he's revealed it. Yes, I, I absolutely love the idea of having an old school radio type drama. Uh, you know, I'm not talking like re- like a world War of the Worlds or anything like that, but uh, I would love to see what he comes up with. It's going to be cool. Okay, Mister I- Mister I want to do a second podcast. Third. Okay. Yeah, I, I want to do a fourth podcast. Okay. Um, how about a Star Wars radio drama? Oh, dude, we like you know old- you know we'd have a whole cast of characters here, you know, in our in our gamer nation. I bet we could come up with something easily. I know we could. no proper sound effects. I think oh, we could do it, dude. Yeah. Dude, if 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 Sam Witwer can make those awesome things in a cave with a bunch of spare parts, you can build this too. I'm sorry, I'm no Sam Witwer. Green five, green five. Vader said wants to. Vader's son wants to be the Gungan, of course, naturally. Duncan, if you can do a good Gungan, then I'm good with that. But now, not many people can do a proper Gungan. It's like nobody can do a good Wookie. Yeah, nobody really can do a good Wookiee. It's hard to find a good Wookiee. I know. Right. Obadiah, relax, Obadiah. Somebody got my Iron Man reference. That's fine. Thank you. Yep. I don't know, man. Honestly, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I mean, here's here's what I'm thinking, all right? I'm not thinking about a Star Wars drama. I'm thinking about a Star Wars spoof. I mean, yeah, but uh, everyone's done those. You could do like a serious show with honest to goodness scripts and stories. Really? Yeah, why not? I mean, with like real characters and I mean, people playing. Uh, I mean, we're not going to talk about the the main characters in 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 any. You know, we're not going to get into EU or anything like that. We're going to craft our own thing. Is that what you're talking about, or are we going to use I, EU? I, I think it'd probably be a lot easier, and it would certainly, you know. Uh, keep lawyers away from you probably yeah i would imagine so i mean would you even call it star wars or would we call it like i'm not sure how here's the thought for you how about taking our um our flagship campaign and turning it into a uh oh now there you go scripts are already written There you, hey, look, Shibuta just popped in with that about the same time that you were doing about the alternate about the alternate universe campaign. Uh, Stellar battle fight. Well, you know, you know what I need, Dave. I need another project to work on. Let me tell you. Yeah, we both need another project to work on. Oh man. Oh. It could be done. And big props, by the way. Thank you uh, very much to um, uh, to Zappy. Uh, who's helping me test out my um, my Saga Edition fantasy rule set right now, um, which is very cool. I'm kind of putting the final polishes on that right now, working on prestige classes. Beautiful. Much. So, coolness. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So, do we decide on a show name? I don't know that we really have. We've gotten uh, we've gotten another few things here, you know. Stocks in something, the corporate agent. I think I have my profanity filter on so it didn't come through. So far, I'm still very much looking at... Um, corporate at, tool. Uh, yeah, corporate tool. I really like that. All right, corporate tool. Corporate tool. 
Sold my soul to the company store. <laughs> Do you like that one? That's yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm not really... I'm not really sold on anything here. I'm just not... I'm just not into... I'm just floating right now, you know? Just here. You? Yeah, I got it. Stocks and bondage, yeah. you know. Yep. Nah, you know. Corporate tools of the trade. Nah. Nah. Meh. Bah. Nah. Mm. We're almost at a year, man. I know. Halfway there. It's creepy, dude. I know. I know. Anyway. Very, very creepy. All right, so we still don't have a name. Or are we? Vader, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. I don't know. Zerkin off is pretty good. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I like Sold My Soul to the Company Store is funny, but it has no Star Wars. Right. Or any. Shenanigans uh, and suits. Corporate tools. I don't know. Corporate shenanigans isn't too bad. Corporate shenaniganism. Yeah, title suits and corporate ladders. Hmm. I don't know. The tradition of letting the Gamer Nation name our podcast is really kind of cool, you know? I. Uh, it's become a marvelous tradition, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, my daughter, having to a month off from soccer, basically, Saturday, the coach says, all right, we're going to go and we're going to start our conditioning back up. Start. So, they had to run okay. five miles. Run five miles. So. Damn. Yeah. My daughter did it in a hair over 50 minutes. The girl that came, the, the girl that finished first did it in 36 and change. That's creepy. This is a 12-year-old, 13. She's actually 13 already, but 13-year-old did five miles in 36 minutes. And that's, uh, that's, that's abnormal. Yeah, that's pretty good, considering they've had a, like a month off of soccer. So Taylor did it in 50... Oh. Taylor did it in 50. Your friend did it in 46. You know, so. Not bad, At least dude. she didn't throw up. I think I think full-on gamer got it. Full-on gamer got what? Sold my soul to the corporate sector. Okay. I like that one. Kind of a joint effort. Uh. Ah, whatever. You're just in a mood, dude. Yeah, it's just long. Sold my soul to the corporate sector. Okay, We've had some pretty darn long podcast names. I think it was, it was so long, and this is so long. And thanks for all the fish pun. We couldn't even fit on the on the freaking post the new topic subject line. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with that. Sold my soul to the corporate sector. I'm making I'm making an executive decision. Shorten it to CSA. Sold my soul to CSA. What the heck, CSA? I don't know. There's something I don't know. CSI. Oh, it's got to be an EU term I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah, it must be. Your, ap <laughs> <laughs> your apathy, Dave, is, your apathy is inspiring. Yes. A-P-A-T-H-Y. Apathy. 
Apathy is our cry. So Oh yeah, what? the corporate sector authority. Duh. Who cares? Look at that. Everybody says at the same time Confederate yeah, okay. <laughs> except for Fiddleback, who says Confederate States of America. <laughs> oh God, Fiddleback. Okay. All right, all right. That that's the title. Sold my soul to the CSA. Oh hey, that's good, man. I like it. Sold my soul to the CSA. Beer for my horses. God. Yep. There we go. Hour and a half. Good, good sized cast. Next, next week's I just have a feeling is going to be humongous. So, how many people made their New Year's resolutions? You know, I didn't. My wife and I just said that we're going to go back buckling down and making sure that we go at least to exercise twice a week. Which we have already. Twice this week. you believe that? We're going to go again tomorrow. Of course, I can't hear you. If you've muted yourself, I see your lips moving, but... You're, no, actually, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not talking to you. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. I was saying I, I've, um, I've made a New Year's resolution to stop drinking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, oh, damn! Oh! <laughs> it's over already. Damn it. Workout uh, says mine was to be more promiscuous. Well. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, no comment. Yep. Okay. That's perfect. Uh, so. All right. All right, Gamer Nation. I guess we're out <laughs> yet again for another week. We will see you next week for the one year anniversary of the Order 66 podcast with episode <laughs> yeah. number 50. Excitement. Massive excitement.